Hello and welcome again to an all-new episode of Beckett Radio. I'm your host, Derek Ficken. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. We have a great show lined up for you. We're doing another best of radio show. Yes, that's right. Another best of. That means you're going to hear from three different interviews from Beckett Radio's past. So for this episode, we have Ivan of the Breaks. He's going to come on. Well, he already came on, but he's going to be talking about the future of the hit web series, The Breaks. Uh, what's going to happen here in the future when we should be uh, looking out for a new episode? What's going to happen in, in the next season? It's a lot of fun and some cool tidbits with that show. Also with Ben Schrager of Cards to Kids Charity. He's got an awesome charity up in the Northeast. And if you guys want to donate or help out with that charity, check out cards2kids.org. That's cards, the number two, kids.org. And check them out on Twitter, at Cards to Kids. A pretty awesome, awesome organization and a great charity that involves collecting and sports trading cards. So check them out. But check out Ben uh, and his interview, and it's just he'll, he'll talk all about the charity, how it started, where it's going, and, yeah, just, just some great stuff from him. We also got Kelsey Schroyer of ESPN Mint Condition. Yes, ESPN is going to be in the house. And uh, he talks all about the rising prices of products and how that's going to affect the hobby, as well as autographs. He's a huge autograph collector. So he's going to talk about the different variations that are out there. What's uh, <laughs> when you see a autograph on your baseball or wherever and you can decide whether that's a free autograph or a paid autograph he he knows the difference between that he'll talk to you about how you know some athletes out there they they have some pretty awful signatures but there's some great ones out there and it's it's an interesting topic that you definitely need to check out if you missed the last time it was played but before we go into those interviews we're going to talk about new products and new pricing uh that that's our staple segment each week so let's go through it right here right quick we have select football tops tech baseball crown royale football panini prism basketball and tops ufc bloodlines that's all coming out next wednesday the 26th uh the dates are subject to change so check it out on becca.com on the calendar just in case those dates change uh we also have leaf valiant baseball and tops chrome football that will be coming out uh the 28th which is uh, next Friday. So definitely stay tuned for that. You never know if, if a date or if a product might get pushed back. So check it out, Becca.com. There's a calendar on the homepage. We keep that pretty up to date. So that should be good on that. As far as new pricing goes, we are currently pricing a couple products here. Ultimate Memorabilia Hockey, that will be priced early next week. Panini Limited Football is currently being priced right now. Playbook football, flawless football, those will be priced early next week as well. And currently being priced is exquisite collection basketball. So tons of new products, tons of new pricing that's coming out. Definitely check those out on your OPGs instantly and your upcoming issues of Beckett magazines. Now, uh, we're going to start it off with the interviews. And we do have a Twitter contest that we ran last week. And it's for a signed Beckett Sports Card Monthly magazine with the cover picture of Trish Stratus. Now, she was at the Toronto Fall Expo with Beckett Media signing for a few hours. And we were able to snag a few copies to give away. So the winner will be introduced at the end of the show. So stay tuned and, you know, Hopefully you guys win. So stay tuned for that. First up, we got Ben Schrager of Cards to Kids Charity. And uh, yeah, take it away, Ben. 
What's up, Ben? Hi, how are you doing? Not too bad. So I, uh, I found your charity, Cards to Kids. I was just stumbling on Twitter one day and found it, and I thought it's a great cause. Can you give us a little backstory about how you first got involved with that? So I first became involved with the charity six months after it was created okay. by John Makowick in Chicago. And I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease my freshman year, so I spent a lot of time in the hospital, the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. And while I was there, I had already had about 500,000 cards in my personal collection. And I saw other kids suffering a lot worse than I was. So I felt a need and I felt that I could definitely help the other kids out by giving some of my own cards away to them. And so basically, I wanted to create an organization similar to the Cards to Kids, where we take donations of sports cards and then distribute them to child-based organizations. And while I was searching on Google, I found this organization, Cards to Kids, um, which, as I previously stated, was already founded. And I contacted the founder, and he was very delighted to add me as the East Coast ambassador. So basically, he, right at that point... Um, was the president and had a couple ambassadors in Chicago who helped him out there with distributing and packing cards. And here in New Jersey, I started then collecting donations through the website and some local card shops and packing up cards and distributing them to various organizations around here. That's awesome. Now, you know, tell us when, when you first started giving out your cards away to these kids, uh, when you spent a lot of time at the Children's Hospital, uh, what was it like to see their faces light up when you would give them these cards? Oh, it's amazing. It's better than anything you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. Giving, I know you could relate to the joy of when you give someone a gift, a Christmas gift or for holidays or a birthday, and this is even better than that. They all, they all enjoy them, whether they're sports fans or not, and usually there's a couple kids who end up pulling cards of their favorite players, and that's the best because... There was one kid at a carnival I went to, and he, his favorite team was the Eagles. I didn't even know. And at the time, Deshaun Jackson was an Eagle. And in the pack was a Deshaun Jackson rookie card. Oh, wow. And he got it. <laughs> he started jumping up and down, hugged his dad, and they started talking about cards. And in each pack, there's 10 new cards and 10 old cards. Mm. And they really bonded at that moment because the father – would look at all the old cards and was telling him how they were his favorite players or how he watched them when he grew up. And this kid's just so excited because he got a Deshaun Jackson card, and it's the best feeling I could ever describe. Yeah, that, that's, that's just so awesome to hear that. You know, uh, we, we try and do some, some great charity things here at Beckett, and just to give back to the community, uh, it, it just makes your day, makes your year, uh, whenever you see the the faces uh, of all these kids and individuals uh, when you give certain things to them. So I can definitely relate to that. Now, you've uh, kind of been in contact uh, with some professional athletes, uh, most notably Brad Ziegler with the Arizona Diamondbacks. What, what's it like to, to kind of be involved with them and, and working uh, together sort of for a common goal? It's definitely very fun. It's another aspect that I really enjoy of the charity. Uh, as far as Brad Ziegler, as you may know, he collects cards personally. Oh, yeah. And so when I'm contacting him, it's just really fun to know that you're talking to a major league player 
and he has the same concerns as you, and he really wants to help out with the same cause that you're very involved with. And Brad Ziegler, more than any athlete I've ever uh, collaborated, collaborated with at Cards to Kids, he gave cards that weren't just his own autographs. He donated 10,000 cards wow. of his own collection Yeah, that, that's, in addition to some autographs. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Yeah, he's, he's obviously everyone knows – you know who he is just as a baseball player but yeah he's definitely a big collector so that's a, that's a big thing and also ryan uh i i hope to say his last name right ryan tatusco if, if yes, i'm not mistaken I believe that's correct yeah so he's been helping you guys out as well yeah so he uh was a minor leaguer in the washington nationals organization okay. and he uh collects cards not as much as brad but definitely collects and he offered if if we got any cards of him, he said we could send them to him and he'd sign them. I ended up getting a donation of a lot of Bowman cards, okay. and I ended up having 50 cards of, of uh, Ryan. Wow. Sent them all to him, and he signed every single one of them. Now, you told me that you've been uh, also in contact with some card companies like Panini and Topps, uh, and you said that you visited Topps in Manhattan a couple times. What was that like? That was crazy as just personally as a collector to start because you walk into their doors and it's just from the outside looks like a Manhattan office and you walk in there's giant baseball cards on all the walls every single office has tons of boxes of cards and everyone there is happy it's a real happy environment and everyone loves cards and shares that joy and I shadowed some of the various positions there and every everyone there was a sports card collector was a sports fan and really enjoyed and said they would enjoy giving back Mm -hmm. so they are definitely a great uh connection to have yeah definitely and just like the big three uh top spinini and upper deck all three of them have offered to help very much upper deck being the first one to get involved they actually got involved before i was even with the charity okay and they've done a lot of things they hosted us at the national in Baltimore and two years ago in Chicago or three years ago in Chicago they let us have a booth at their table for us to collect cards donations of cards and that was very successful yeah and, you know we we all love Chris Carlin here from Upper Deck he comes on the show and you know they do so much uh, as far as charity goes so that's awesome to see that they're they were kind of the front runners to help you guys out at Cards to Kids. Now, what what's the future for Ben? What what's in store for you in the next couple of years? Well, personally, I'm a senior in high school. Okay. So I've been looking at colleges, and I'm applying to Rice, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Miami. Nice. And so I want to stay involved in the sports industry, so I'm going to major in sport management. Okay. And I do still want to stay involved with Cards to Kids. As I'm the CEO right now, but when I go off to college, uh, I'm going to have to have some sort of a lesser position because of the time commitment that CEO takes. Uh, I definitely, wherever I'm going, there's big cities everywhere, and I could distribute cards there, whether it's on a smaller scale than right now or not. So I definitely want to stay in the uh, charity in some way, shape, or form. As far as cards to kids goes, you guys have a plethora of of trading cards and you you aren't really accepting those as much as you need volunteers is that correct right we have at the chicago organization uh their location they have one million cards in stock and we have here in new jersey seven hundred thousand wow so it's definitely not what we're looking for right now yeah the most help we need is with packing up the cards into these packs of 20 
mm-hmm. which takes a lot of uh, time for me personally or whoever is doing it. So all the help we can get in that way, if anyone's in the New Jersey, Chicago, or Washington, D.C. areas. And one other thing we're definitely in need of right now are organizations who are willing to take the cars. Uh, locally, in the New Jersey, Chicago, and Washington, D.C. areas, as I've stated before, because that's where our ambassadors are. Okay. So if anyone knows of any organizations in these areas or if they're wanting to help and get involved, uh, that's definitely something we, we are in need of right now. Well, cool. I mean, Ben, it, it's been such a pleasure uh, to have you on the show. www.cards2kids.org is your website. Uh, I checked it out a couple days ago. It, it looks great. Honestly, I can't believe you're, you're still in high school. Uh, from talking to you online, seeing your Twitter, uh, it, it's just, it, it, just, uh, it, it says professionalism all over. Uh, so I just want to say uh, how awesome of a job you're doing uh, with this charity. It's a great thing just to be involved in a charity, but to kind of be the leader of it, uh, that takes a whole new uh, step. And so I wish you tremendous luck in college. Have a lot of fun. And uh, whatever Beckett Radio uh, can do to help to Cards 2 Kids, uh, we would love to help. So thanks so much. Thank you. It definitely means a lot. What a great interview with Ben. We appreciate Ben coming on the show and talking to us all about Cards 2 Kids. Like I said earlier, if you guys want to help them out, they are looking for some cards, uh, hopefully around this holiday time. So check out cards2kids.org. There's a place to donate. They also, I know, are looking for help. So if you are in that area and you guys want to help out, if you want to do some charity, some volunteer work, definitely help them out. They're a great cause, a great organization. They're also on Twitter, cards to kids, all one word with the number two. So check that out. Next up, Mr. Ivan Lovegren of The Breaks, one of my favorite interviews, one of my favorite shows. I'm a big web series guy, found this out, and I was so happy that I could get him on the show here at Beckett Radio. So it was very cool having this interview. So uh, he, he, he gave me a little teaser and said that the show might be ready here in the next couple weeks. Uh, so stay tuned for that on his web, uh, on, his, on his YouTube channel, and obviously his Twitter. Watch The Breaks. It's awesome stuff. So here's the interview with Ivan Lovegren of The Breaks. Without further ado, we got our next interview right here, ready to go, live on the phone, all the way from Los Angeles, Ivan with The Breaks. What's up, man? Hey, Derek. How you doing today? You know, I, I'm doing all right. Now I'm doing better because, you know, I've, I've literally been addicted to your show. If the people out there haven't seen it, The Breaks, it's, it's just hilarious. I, I, there's no other words to say. Uh, I, I'm, I'm so addicted to it, and I can't wait for the next episodes. But let's, let's just quickly talk about how you got into collecting and then how you got into producing these web series-type shows. Okay. Yeah, well, first off, I think I'm required by my producers to say uh, www.youtube.com backslash collect fail. Okay. That's where you can find all of our episodes. I, uh, I got into collecting when I was a kid. When I was three, four years old, uh, 1987-88 cards, Donruss, Tops. Uh, my family's from Chicago originally. I was raised in Nebraska, but you know the Cubs. Cubs back then were so perfect. You know, you oh. Ryan Sandberg, yeah. Greg Maddox. Those were those were the cards to get. It's interesting to see, you know, how you can correlate the daily life of a collector onto the screen, you know, whether it be a movie theater or, or just on, on the computer, you know? 
how did you really just get the idea of putting everything in a video? Well, you know, it started because, sadly, a lot of the videos are based on actual real-life experiences. Yeah. Um, I... I bid on a box of Inception, and I told myself, I'm only going to bid once. Sorry, a case of Inception. Yeah. Told myself, I'm only going to bid once. And then a couple days later, I looked back at it. I'm like, uh, I can afford another $25. Yeah. And it wasn't until after I finished buying the case that I realized it was in-state and eBay charges sales tax. So <laughs> it ended up, you know, I blew my original bid out of the water by like 200 bucks and still got stuck with it. Um, so these things happen to me. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, um, and, and the funny thing was, Ivan, that at the end of that episode, you were like, oh, sales tax, like what? And then it just cuts and it's like, oh, that's perfect, you know, because everyone's yeah. <laughs> had to have gone through that at least once in their life, you know? Yeah. In fact, actually, I'm here I am, you know, and it's two years since I really got back into collecting and started doing the web series. And just this week, I've got two absolutely ridiculous things that I'm dealing with that I'm like, I can't believe I, I can't believe I bid that much. Yeah. I can't believe I bid that much and didn't realize it was a non-auto. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Seriously, what, what the heck, man? <laughs> yeah. Let's let's make sure we edit that out. Don't let people know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but then I'm my passion in life is uh, I'm an actor. I yeah. moved to Los Angeles seven years ago. Okay. Um, have been working various production jobs and doing some small acting gigs here and there. And um, you know, I was I was doing the collecting, and my girlfriend at the time, now fiance, I know girlfriend at the time. Oh, congratulations! Like typical the breaks thing. Thank yeah. you, <laughs> thank you. Um, condolence letters for her can be sent to. Oh yeah. No, uh, <laughs> So, you know, always looking for a little something to do. And she was also like, you know, what's with all this card collecting? You, you know, you're taking up too much space. So it stands to reason, oh, I'm doing it for my career. We're going to make a web series out of it, you know? Yeah. And um, turned it into an excuse to uh, collect more cards, really. I know it seems like it's the other way around. It's for my acting career, but yeah. uh, <laughs> really it's so I have an excuse to buy Blake Bortles cards. There you go. There you go. Just Blake Bortles. So... Um, yeah. I, I just want to put it out there. Every episode, it seems like you have a new girlfriend and obviously that's not the case. So will, will that be kind of the new, the new thing or the new stick is you have a girlfriend each episode or, or what's the deal with that? Well, so that was the plan for season one, uh, mainly when me and, uh, Dave Denholm, the, uh, producer who writes and directs each of the episodes, when we first met to go over sort of the idea, you know, the first episode had to end with it being a choice between girlfriend or cards. Yeah. And obviously we had to choose the cards or the series would have been really short. <laughs> yep. uh, so with that setup, we realized, you know, it'd be kind of funny if that, you know, especially because we were working on a micro budget, if that became sort of the theme was the conflict or the conflict was always that this just sort of gets in the way of that. Mm -hmm. So we exploited it. Um, you know, the whole goal, season one, is 10 episodes. Uh, I do actually finally meet the girl of my dreams, nice. who happens to be a sports card collector. <laughs> I can't tell you how I ruined that one, uh -oh. but that leads into season two, which season two then becomes trying to win her over specifically. So sort of a different tack, but we've still got quite a few episodes to go until that shift happens. Yeah, definitely. Now, uh, you did get some uh, help with Kickstarter. I know everyone's 
looking at Kickstarter for a great jump start into some potential avenues uh, to help them get get some projects going. And I know Kickstarter uh, was definitely crucial in finishing season one. Is there a way where people could help out for season two or, or sometime in the future? Um, you know, people if people are interested in continuing to support us, we really, really appreciate it. Uh, we're planning on doing another Kickstarter for season two, but um, that won't be for a couple months still. Okay. So the best thing you can do is follow us on Twitter. Um, the one thing is we really, you know, we care about giving back to everybody. Uh, we're not, whenever we get a free box of cards, we give away the hits to the people that follow us on Twitter and that port us. Um, all the Kickstarter money, like my Bortles money, that's all personal money. All yeah. the Kickstarter money is going directly into the production. Um, Dave and I haven't been taking a salary on it or um, anything. So, you know, we really are all about giving back. So in the meantime, until we get the season two Kickstarter ready to go after episode 10 airs, you know, just make sure you follow us on Twitter at Watch the Breaks. Um, you know, hopefully you guys will win some of the giveaways. We've got another one coming up uh, about to post later on today nice. uh, for an Ultra Pro bat tube. If anybody Ooh. out there needs a bat tube for yeah. storing bats. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's always fun to help people out who are so enthusiastic about the hobby as well as, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm a struggling musician. I, I went to school for music, and, you know, I, I eventually went into radio and, and then got here at Beckett. Uh, that's a different story for another time, but it's always nice to help people out who are really trying to uh, further their career and their passion. And so uh, for, for, I guess, your example, you know, you're an actor. You're trying to do what you love. And this is a perfect situation for you. So what, what better way to help someone out than to, uh, you know, support you guys and support the breaks? Uh, it, it's a great idea. Uh, a couple more questions for you, Ivan. It, it sounds like you're getting pretty big uh, and you're getting these guest athletes. What can we expect in the future from the breaks and guest athletes? Well, so um, we did just film episodes seven and eight, even okay. though only episode five has been online so far. And we were able to get a uh, two-time Olympian, world champion, uh, to guest star in that episode, Katie Ulander. Wow. Um, so that's pretty cool. She does skeleton. So she goes downhill on ice at like 120 miles an hour face first. Yeah, very fast. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. <laughs> Maybe the... You know, having a girl on the set that was way tougher than me, um, a <laughs> little intimidating, but she was so awesome and so much fun to work with. So we're really excited to show you guys her episode. And then um, we're working on a, another celebrity uh, to pop up, another athlete. You know, my dream, of course, would be for it to be Chris Bryant. Uh, he's not been returning my phone calls, texts, emails, postcards, and every other method of stalking him I've tried. That's too bad. But, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're, we're, uh, we're working on getting someone else to surprise you this season. And one of my goals for next season is actually to do, um, I have an old, a whole episode in mind that if I can get, well, sorry, I'm getting vague because I don't want to say too much oh, and okay. you know, then disappoint people, but, yeah. um, it'd be a pretty funny episode if we could get it going with some hall of famers actually oh, uh, wow. that I happen to be connected to. So um, yeah, you know, just trying to trying to push buttons, see who's willing to come out and play. We're we're able to keep our production days relatively short, um, so it's not too much of a commitment to ask somebody to show up for a few hours and 
you know, and that's one of the things that the Kickstarter money goes towards is being able to afford their appearance fees. Yeah. So definitely. Well, one, one closing question. You were at the national convention. Uh, we were at the national convention and had a lot of fun and there was a massive Ferris wheel out in the middle of the convention. And I asked pretty much everyone I talked to there if they went on the, the Ferris wheel and if they opened packs of cards, if they did a box break or anything like that. And they all said no. So I was very disappointed that I was going to find out that no one was man enough to go on that Ferris wheel and open some cards on video until a couple days ago when I saw this video being posted by yourself where <laughs> you did that. So I just want to congratulate you for being just a man among men to get on that Ferris wheel and open up some cards. So congratulations, man. Well, thanks. Um, I mean, the story behind that that people listening on the radio might not know is that the Cleveland Convention Center Ferris wheel is, I think, the world's fastest Ferris wheel on record. <laughs> yeah. um, if you go on YouTube and watch our break from the Ferris wheel, yeah. it goes around six times in two minutes and 20 seconds. Yeah. So I can understand people's reluctance to go up there and do that. Um, we did get very fortunate and Actually, from uh, Blowout's booth, I uh, they did a random drawing, and it blew my mind because he pulls out a, uh, a ping pong ball, uh, pulls out a card number, so it was like double blind, and I managed to win a super six-pack uh, super box. So I was sitting there with this $800 box Yeah, that's only six packs, all pre-slabbed. Yeah. And I'm looking at the Ferris wheel and thinking, what better product could you open on the Ferris <laughs> wheel than a mega box that's also already protected? Exactly. Um, <laughs> even still, the, the wheel got around an entire time before I even got the first pack from the box open. And then we hit a panic, and I just start ripping stuff, and stuff's flying everywhere. But it was a lot of fun. It was really exciting and well, cool. So. Well, that's cool, man. Well, everyone needs to go to YouTube.com slash CollectFail. Also on Twitter, at WatchTheBreaks. There's five episodes right now on YouTube. I hope, Hopefully the sixth one's coming out soon. I got all these guys here at the office here at Beckett Media hooked on, on your show. So they're, they're wondering when the next episode's going to be put out. So you got some uh, big-time fans here at the Beckett offices, and uh, we just wish you luck, man. It's a great thing what you're doing and, and having fun with it. it it's, it's hilarious, like I said, and I just wish you, uh, I wish you luck, man. Well, thanks a lot. I really, really appreciate that, Derek, and I appreciate you having us on. And, uh, you know, the best thing is knowing that my, uh, my sad stories are making other people laugh. There so. you go. <laughs> well, thanks, Ivan. You have a good one. All right. You too, Derek. Ivan, we love you on the show. Definitely come back soon. I'm going to have you on once the first episode gets released. So when that happens, I will definitely hit you up. Guys, check it out on the YouTube channel. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's The Breaks. Just go to his Twitter page, watch The Breaks. Final interview. Let's do this. Let's do it right now. ESPN Mint Condition producer and guru Kelsey Schroyer comes on the show and talks about the rising prices of products and autographs. He's a huge autograph guy, so it's definitely something to check out. So here he goes with Kelsey Schroyer of ESPN Mint Condition. But next up, we have a great interview all the way from Bristol, Connecticut. Yes, you heard it right, Bristol. That means ESPN. So we are talking to Kelsey Schroyer of ESPN Mint Condition. Kelsey, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. How are you? You know, I'm wonderful. I, I love just talking to you. We, we talked uh, to each other for the first time at the National Convention in Cleveland, had a great conversation, uh, and I, I've, I've been wanting to get you on the show 
ever since then, and I'm glad I got you on the phone now. We got some great topics to talk about today, and let's just kind of run through them real quick before we dive into it. We're going to talk about the rising costs of brands in the hobby and how that's affecting the, not only the market, but the collector's opinions on certain things. Uh, I, I think that's an interesting debate that we can debate for really hours, but we're going to try and do it in a couple minutes, 10 minutes, hopefully. And uh, we're also going to talk about autographs. There's a lot of different variations with autographs, and a lot of collectors are a little upset. They, they kind of uh, have shown their displeasure about certain autographs out there in the hobby. And we'll kind of dive into that since you're such an avid autograph collector. Uh, so we'll get some expert advice on that and opinions with that. So Kelsey, let's first start off with the rising costs of these brands, of these cards. What honestly is your personal opinion from saying, hey, I have a box of Panini Immaculate Collection. Do you want to buy it? What is your first reaction? I mean, me personally, just because it's not what I personally collect, I'd say no. But I mean, Immaculate is kind of interesting because it's probably it's arguably the hottest product out there right now. It was it actually won our basketball product of the of the year award last year. Uh-huh. I'd actually put it ahead of Flawless and National Treasures. It seems to be the most popular high end product out there for basketball. I mean, if I had the money to blow on it, I'd probably take a flyer because there's some amazing hits out of there. Yeah. We we got a review box for last year. Our box wasn't that great to be honest. We pulled a nice Paul Pierce jumbo patch, but. The autographs were a little shaky. I mean, it's one of those things. I saw personally. I mean, if I did, if I had the if I had the money to spend on a box, I would just for the chance of something great. But I mean, you're you're talking a decent amount of money for only a couple of cards. Yeah, exactly. And and the thing that you said was that if you if you had the money, you would. But I mean, for the price point and with what you got, it just didn't make sense. Even even though Immaculate was you know product of the year. Uh, it's it's just it, the the rising costs are are affecting collectors out there, but it's really affecting the case breakers, the gamblers in the positive way. Those I in in my personal opinion, I feel like the hobby is going towards more of the gambler, the higher end collector, because that's how the companies make the most money. Am I correct? I think you're right. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, I kind of blanch. I mean, I'm just going to shift to flawless just for one second, just because I remember seeing the price point on flawless at eighteen hundred dollars. I did a double take, and I actually, you know, I've done business with some of the guys who own some of the stores, and it was, I even, I basically said flawless eighteen hundred dollars of exclamation points. I was like, I just, I mean, I can't fall for because they're getting it. I mean, because that's the thing. As expensive as these products are, to your point, if the case breakers, people are grabbing, and the great thing about the case breaking is. I know plenty of people who are regular box others who get on that, who get in on that, because if you get in on a large enough break, you still have a chance of getting something decent at that price. But yeah. whenever you hear people talk about the future of the hobby or problems, usually what it comes down to is the rising cost of products themselves slash how do you keep children in the hobby. Yeah. I mean, case breaking, to me, I've heard various opinions on it. I mean, to me, it's one of the lifebloods of the hobby. I think the companies realize that because as these prices keep going up and up, your clientele is going to keep getting more and more select or... You know, in the case of the case breakers, very few people who are willing to put into it because they know they can get their money back out of it as opposed to saying busting the boxes and individually trying to parcel out what you get on the secondary market. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And and what you said is is trying to get kids back into the hobby. And I mean, I feel like Panini's doing a great job. Upper Deck does a great job and and Tops has been doing some things. Uh, really all all the card companies have been doing great things with trying to get kids back into the hobby. But at the same time, the bottom line is the prices are continuing to go up. And like we were talking off air a little earlier, is that when we first started collecting, we would go to the gas station or the grocery store, you know, literally right down the street, pay, you know, 50 cents a quarter, whatever it might be, but a pretty low point 
for a pack of cards and have some fun on a Saturday or whenever. Now you can't really do that. It's all retail. You, you, Walmart, Target, you know? You know what it is, though, when you and I were kids collecting, you know, up to, we'll say the mid-90s, just for the sake of, because obviously autographs never released. Autographs started primarily, I believe, Upper Deck was the first one of Reggie in 90 or 91. Yeah. Memorabilia cards, mid-90s. But the thing was, you and I were young collecting. You didn't have that stuff. Pandora's box wasn't open yet. You didn't have, you know, 20 autographed hits in a box. You didn't have a memorabilia card in every pack. You didn't have those things in general. The coolest things you and I were collecting at that point were stickers and, God forbid, or if you were lucky enough, a hologram. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. the holograms, I remember, were the best thing to ever happen to me, (laughs) especially for basketball, man. I mean, if you pulled a hologram, you were, you know, you were living it up. I remember I used to collect comic cards, too. I remember getting, like, a Spider-Man hologram or cards like that. You were, because those were, those were the box hits. You got a couple of those or only maybe even one of those a box. But the thing is, you're looking at, and that's the thing people are complaining now, and I think we've talked, we talked about the National, but myself personally, if it was possible, I wouldn't mind seeing the hobby in large part go back to the way it was in the late 90s or the early 2000s. When your quote-unquote premium products were one hit per box, you know, a box of SP Authentic had one autograph per box or, you know, tops. I mean, to get a hidden tops back in the day, that was like one in every, that was probably one a case or something like that. But again, the thing is, Pandora's box has been open. Collectors want those hits. Even And the result is you get a lot of products that are, you get those four hit products that are 90 to $120 a box, and chances are your four hits are going to be worth, Retail being worth less than 50, 60 bucks, and resale, actual resale, being worth less than 20. But that's just, that's where we're at. Like we say, with a mini, without, excuse me, immaculate and flawless, or even products like five star, your exquisites. People complain about the prices, but the sheer fact of the matter is they're still selling. And if that's the case, then why should those companies stop making them if they're still selling? Exactly. Yeah. Why, why stop something if it's not broken or, or, or if it's, yeah, like you said, still selling. And, uh, you know, another big thing is what you brought up earlier too was with the exclusives. You know, a lot of people aren't big fans of that. I'm not one, and I'm pretty sure you're not either, because for me, it, it gives away the whole competition factor. You know, with with uh, with Panini, when they had to duel with Tops for football, I felt like that was bringing the best out of both companies, you know. But now that Tops lost it and Panini's going to get it, you know, I'm not saying Panini's going to drop the ball because I think they do great work with all their cards, but I feel like if you have a competition factor in making each uh, product, that just adds a little extra bonus for those collectors out there, don't you think? I do, but not even so much. I mean, here's the sheer fact of it. It's like anything else in the hobby. You have people who are very loyal to their brands, to the products. You have people who just love Topps products, people who just love Panini, people who just love Upper Deck. Mm-hmm. It's not even so much a matter of, you know, it's not even so much that people hate these companies with the exclusives. It's just that the other companies that are missing out they hate the fact that they can't. It's like, you know, Panini with baseball. One of the constant things I hear with Panini baseball products is, hey, there are cool cars. We like what Panini is doing, but the no logos kills it. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, it's, and like we were talking about a little earlier, just there's been mixed response to Panini getting the football license. It's not that Panini makes bad football cards. They make good football cards, but it's, Tops also have to make great football cards. A lot of people are going to miss Bowman. They're going to miss, you know, Five Star, those other products that you like. I mean, whether you like, people like what they like. And typically, yeah. I mean, that's one thing Tops has been good at. They make a lot of good, steady products that people gravitate to towards year after year. I and mean, that's how they can do box sets of things like Tops. Or how they, that's why a product like Finest keeps coming out year after year after year. I mean, Tops is probably the best at keeping. Well, maybe like Tops and Upper probably equally are the best at keeping out good, steady products year after year after year. I mean, they're just they've got their stable of good products. Yeah, but you know, with Tops, you know, now that they're not going to be able to make you know the football stuff, 
what what's going to be the new brand that kind of starts off the football season? Because I, I felt like every year when Topps football came out, that was it. That was the start of the NFL season for trading cards. And now I, I don't know if they're going to be able to do anything with football. Like, I don't know. I, I haven't really looked into the exclusive, but I don't think they'll be able to do any airbrushing. Like, they literally can't do anything. Do you know anything about that? Panini got, if I read the agreement right, Panini got the NFLPA, which means they got the exclusive to player images themselves. Okay. Yeah. So, I, mean, I, I think I, I think technically Tops could still do something with logos, yeah. but not players, which kind of negates the point anyway, unless you're going to do like a sticker or a cartoonish kind of set. Yeah. I mean, plus the thing is, I mean, it's kind of rare because, I mean, Tops could theoretically maybe do sketches, kind of like what Leaf does, but I don't know if they'd want to go that area. But, I mean, I don't have the full document in front of me what it is. But, I mean, I, I don't I don't think it's going to be worth it for Tops to try it. But, again, who knows? I mean, yeah, I, I, I think I think they'll just kind of say uh, it, it is what it is. If we want to put out something minor, we will. But let's put all our efforts into baseball be, and make that the strongest thing ever, you know? And that's the thing. I've heard from some decent hobby insiders that, that Tops is – Okay, because baseball is still a pretty strong seller, especially when you have a good enough rookie class. And I mean, baseball's got the strongest heritage when it comes to trading cards. And that's, oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, this year, I mean, I think especially you saw it, especially in the first half of the baseball season with the Abreu rookies. I mean, baseball's still pretty strong. I mean, just a, just imagine if Masahiro Tanaka had 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 autographs in this year's product. Like, yeah, the <laughs> years it was, that would have just been. That would have been the tip. That would have blown everything else away, I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that would have been crazy. So we only got a few more minutes uh, to talk to you today, Kelsey. But let's let's go to the autographs. Uh, since you're a big collector, that's that's kind of your mission uh, with collecting. You know, the, the autographs have been interesting, uh, to say the least. As far as the rookies go, the, the, the few rookie classes in the past couple of years have been, I'm not going to say rough or lazy, but they've been very interesting to see when you open up packs. And and one guy that comes to mind is Teddy Bridgewater. We all know him, Minnesota Vikings quarterback. You know, he's a good quarterback. But when we first started opening packs and saw his autograph, I, I literally could not believe what I see. All I saw was a T, a straight line, and then a B with a straight line. And I, I, I was just astounded by how, uh, it, how just un. I don't even know the word to say it. I I don't want to say lazy, but it, it just really felt like it was lazy. Uh, what what's your take on these autographs with these new rookies? Well, it's a sad thing. I don't even put Bridgewater in the bottom five of guys I've seen from this year's draft class. I mean, I've seen some. I mean, again, we were talking about this earlier. I hate to call him out because he's a pick guy, and I love my pick guys. But yeah. Aaron Donald, the Rams rookie defensive lineman from Pitt. I got one of his certs in a review box we got. It was basically just A period, D period, and I think his number on it. And it's funny. So we had a – we had a – I'm trying to think. It was DeAndre Hopkins and Tavon Austin were on. They did interviews with us last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, we actually asked them about that because they've been doing some signings for Panini. Panini was actually kind enough to give us some footage of those guys signing. And we asked them, hey, for fans who may not know, what are the challenges of doing an autograph sign? And they're saying, hey, you know, you get – Several hundred, if not several thousand cars. You're either trying to sign, keep your autograph consistent, yeah. And it's it's just it gets rough. I mean, it's it's hard to feel too sorry because these guys are getting paid a decent amount of money just to, as I call it, flick their wrists for a couple hours. <laughs> yeah. But it, but a funnier example is I don't know if how familiar you are with fantasy sports, but uh, ESPN's Matthew Barry actually got a card in last year's Top Sound and Ginter set. He had a base card, he had a certified autograph, and he had a relic card. Yeah, that's right. We had Matt on the show, and we were talking about it, and we asked him about the autograph thing, and he's like, yeah, man, you don't realize how quickly your hand starts cramping up. He said, you know, I'd just sit down, do some work, and I'd sign my cards intermittently throughout, then just kind of breaking it up. 
But it's, it's some of the athletes say that. I mean, it's just rough because you want to try and keep a decent autograph for these guys, but it's just – I mean, some athletes have given me good explanations. I mean, we had, we had David Eckstein on a show a year ago, and it was funny. He was actually on campus today, and I asked him about it off camera before he started because I've seen David Eckstein's good autograph, the one he gives on certs and, you know, if he does – and I've seen the bad one. Well, not the less quality one he does because I actually wrote him a fan letter when I was a kid, and I got it. And I was joking with him. I was like, yeah, I got the uh, – I got the B feature, and he was laughing at me. I was like, "Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. If I'm in, if I'm in a crowd where there's like a hundred people or so, and I'm just trying to hit, you know, get people done. I'll give them a little something different. But if I'm at, if I'm at a paid signing or I'm signing for the cards, I give my full autograph, which is a nice one. You hear people do say that, and when you're at a stadium, like if you're at spring trading or you're at the stadium or you're just giving someone an autograph for free, or there's a lot of people, I can understand that because you're trying to get everyone, you're trying to get as many people as you can, so that way you get, you make as many people happy as you can. But if you're signing for the card companies, like for a cert where you're getting paid to do it, or at a at a sign like at the national or any other show, yeah, it's it's disheartening to put the kind of money, especially with someone who costs a lot of money, someone you're spending a hundred dollars or so to get to get basically a squiggle. It's, I've talked to people from you know JSA about it from the card companies, and just basically asked them about that, and they said you know hey we try and coach these guys up, but part of the thing is now to get a little deeper on it, you hear people say is well one of the things is handwriting's not taught the way it used to be either. Like, you, you used to hear guys like Harvin Kilbrews talk about the pride they took in their signature, signing a nice full-letter autograph, and they would pass that down to guys like Michael Kadire or Tory Hunter. It's just the thing is now of handwriting, and the thing is, if you really think about it, how much do you really have to write anymore? And I think that's part of the reason you see it in these signatures. Plus, the thing is, for these guys, if they're getting paid the same amount to sign a good autograph, a good-looking autograph, or bad-looking autograph, and they see a stack of however many cards is from them, they're not thinking to themselves, all right, got to get my every letter on this card. They're thinking to themselves, holy crap, i got to get these done. What's the quickest way I can get these done? Yeah. So a lot of them initial them, or they do. It's I've seen guys like Xavier Avery give nothing but an X on his autograph. I mean, it's, it's bad and it's disheartening. When you buy a big, expensive box of cards, and then you see this autograph in front of you, you're like, is that an autograph, or is that just someone just drew a line? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, and, and it's funny that you bring up, you know, the older generation and, and handwriting, because, you know, I, I never really put two and two together, and when you said that, I was like, you know, that makes a lot of sense, like that, that's perfect, you know, because you see guys, you know, like Babe Ruth, Harmon Killebrew, you know, even Hank Aaron, you know, on, on some of his stuff, it's, it's legitimate, and it's cursive, you know, everyone was taught how to write in cursive, and that was real big in grade school. And I don't even know if they teach that anymore in school, you know, for, for kids. And, and so it's like, it, it makes sense, you know? Uh, my personal line of demarcation is like 1985, 1990. Most athletes before 85, even if, you know, if they're signing today, sign their full order. If after 85, it's usually an abbreviated version of it. I mean, and again, it, it stinks. I mean, it is, it is what it is, unfortunately. I mean, I've met some current athletes now, I and mean, Pat Neshek's one that comes to mind. Uh, Chris Snyder, the catcher for the Diamondbacks, Pirates, and a couple other teams. I remember I got him in person at spring training, and he signed a nice full-letter autograph, and he was talking about that, how he just you know, he takes pride. Because you hear stories about these guys who practice autographs when they were kids, saying, you know, hey, for the day I'm in the NFL or playing pro sports, I want to have a good autograph. And then you see what they're giving now. It's kind of like, well, what happened? <laughs> yeah, where, where, where did the autograph thing fall in, in between, you know, becoming one of the greatest athletes? You know, no, I, I completely agree. And I'm a huge spring training fan. I go out to uh, Phoenix pretty much every year and, and try and get my fair share of autographs. And it's funny to see the different type of caliber of players because obviously the lower guys, you know, who, who just got the spring training invite, 
they're there to to soak everything in. They're going to sign as much as possible. They're going to talk to the fans. They're going to do all that stuff. You're going to have guys like Buster Posey or or uh, Pablo Sandoval, who who are the bigger stars. Uh, and I'm just calling Giants out because that's who I follow. But those guys, if at all, sign. They they quickly do it. They get it done. They don't really talk to people. They they do that whole thing because they got other stuff to do. They got better things to do sometimes. And it, it's just interesting to see the the caliber of player, how the autograph changes over time. You know, with the older generation, how that's been changing. And honestly, it's going to be interesting. And unfortunately, maybe a little frightening to see what the autograph is going to look like 10, 15, 20 years down the line, you know? I honestly think it's funny because our former host, Michelle Steele, we've had a conversation many times. She's asked me about, is the selfie replacing the autograph? Because obviously with digital phones now, the way they are, as easy it is to take a photograph, mm. you see more and more people. Because that's the thing. If you run to someone and you don't even have a scrap of paper, I mean, let's say you run into Buster Posey on the street. You don't have anything for him to sign. You're like, hey, would you want to take a picture of me instead? And a lot, even a lot of athletes and actors have been saying, too, it's like it's funny how the selfie's replacing the autograph. And obviously a lot of celebrities don't mind doing that because you can't really sell a selfie. I mean, you can sell an <laughs> autograph. You yeah. can't sell a selfie. And the thing is, a lot of people like that, too, because it's more of a personalized memory. It's something you can show your friends, say, look, you know, look who I saw. Yeah. I've got a buddy who graphs in Pittsburgh, and it's funny because you know, he works downtown Pittsburgh, and he's got stuff in his car just in case. Because you never know, between the Penguins, Steelers, Pirates, Pitt, and people visiting, you never know who you're going to run into. Yeah, no, I, I completely, I, yeah, like I never thought about that either, but that's something that I've done. You know, I, I saw Matt Cain walking down the streets and I was like, man, I need to take a picture with him instead of, oh, I need to get his autograph. You know, the first thing that popped into my mind, I need to get a picture with him instead of, oh, where's my autograph book or where's my, you know, stuff like that. But that's really interesting. Well, Kelsey, time is up. Unfortunately, uh, we have run uh, a little longer than expected, but the good thing is that we can have you on whenever uh, possible. So we're going to definitely have you on again soon just to talk about anything and everything about the hobby. Uh, you love to talk about it, which is great because we like listening. So, Kelsey, thanks so much for coming on Beckett Radio, and, and we do appreciate it. No problem, man. Thanks for having me on. So that was pretty cool. Kelsey is a great guy. I'm going to be on his show here in the next couple uh, couple months, so that's going to be a lot of fun. It's always fun talking with someone who knows so much about the hobby. So thanks to Kelsey for coming on the show back, back uh, I think it was a month ago when he came on. So that was a lot of fun. And we'll have him on again soon because, like I said, he knows so much about the hobby, so much about just, just sports. It's great. So thank you, Kelsey. Thank you, Ivan. And thank you, Ben of Cards the Kids, The Breaks, ESPN Mint Condition. You guys are awesome. Appreciate you guys coming on. We'll have you all on very soon and uh, have some fun with it. So before I go, I know, you, you know, with these interviews, you hear a lot of me talking. So I know you guys are tired of it already. Uh, so l let's just get this Twitter contest out of the way. We, uh, we had a retweet contest, a uh, simple retweet. All you had to do was check out our Twitter, at Becca Radio, and you had to go to our tweet. All you had to do was retweet the tweet that said, <laughs> retweet the tweet, of uh, the Trish Stratus BSEM issue. And you would get put into a drawing, and I would pick the winner, and the winner will get a signed copy of the newest Beckett Sports Card Monthly magazine with Trish Stratus on the cover and autograph. So congratulations to at bneels1, at b-n-i-e-l-z-1. Congratulations to you. 
If you want to send me your info on Twitter or just send me an email, radio at Beckett.com. We'll get that issue out to you as soon as we can. So thanks to everyone that retweeted. Thanks to everyone that's following us. It's so much awesomeness going on on that Twitter page. Check us out, Beckett.com slash radio if you haven't already. That's where I post all the shows, and you can see a little uh, info section, a little picture, a little snapshot, mugshot, whatever you want to call it. Uh, It's a cool website, so check it out. A lot of good stuff happening at Beckett Media here. We have a new auction coming up here in the next couple weeks for December for Beckett Auction. So check that out, auctions.beckett.com. And yeah, we got a lot of cool stuff going on on the Beckett.com website. Uh, new changes to the to the format, the look. It looks a lot sexier, sleek, uh, more hip for the younger crowd for you guys. Uh, so I think you'll like it. Lots more news. We're definitely covering the news part. So check that out. Let us know what you think. Radio at Beckett.com. Also on Twitter, at Becca Radio. I'll probably do another contest here in the next couple weeks uh, just to uh, just to give out some more love to you guys. We'll do a follow contest. So I think I have like 480 followers. So if we can get up to like 500 or 600 people, let's do 600. I'm going to do 600 so we can make it a really awesome, awesome card or an awesome prize. So if we can get up to 600 people, uh, and that means you guys have to uh, expose Beckett Radio, you got to tweet out, you got to do all that good stuff, then I will put everyone in a drawing, all my followers in a drawing, and we'll get a really awesome special prize just in time for Christmas. How about that? We got some unfortunate news before I go. Uh, There will not be a Beckett Radio show the day before Thanksgiving, uh, so all you guys can get ready for the feast That is Thanksgiving Turkey Day and get ready for some football on that Thursday. We hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Hope you have a great rest of the week here. Uh, Becca Radio, we're we're not going anywhere. That's all I got to say. So thank you guys so much. Check us out on Twitter at Becca Radio or send us an email, radio at Becca.com. Let's say thank you one more time to Ben Schrager, Ivan Lovegren, and Kelsey Schroyer for being awesome guests here at Becca Radio. But like I said, I'm Derek Ficken, your host. We'll see you guys later. Have a good one.